You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Welcome to episode 85 of Three Geeky Ladies. I'm Elisa Pacelli, and normally at this point, I introduce my co-hosts, Vicki Stokes and Suze Gilbert, but this episode is a little different. Last weekend, on July 16th and 17th, the second annual MaxDoc Expo took place in Woodstock, Illinois. Sadly, none of the Three Geeky Ladies could attend, but we'd like to give you a little idea of what took place and why you should definitely make plans to be there next summer. Vicki spoke with Guy Searle from the MyMac.com podcast, who attended as a podcaster and presenter both years. Following Vicky's interview is my conversation with Mike Potter, founder of the MacStock Expo. Mike tells us how the conference came to be, what takes place, and why you really want to attend next year. Links to the MacStock Expo and to the MacStock Expo and Guy's Twitter pages can be found in the show notes at 3geekyladies.com with the number 3 spelled out. I hope you enjoy the show and we'll see you next time. Uh, this is Vicky Stokes from Three Geeky Ladies with Guy Searle from my Mac. I want to find out what happened at MacStock, Guy. Uh, this is your second year going, so tell our viewers why you go every year. Well, there's only been the two years so far, <laughs> but I, <laughs> I, did, I, did go, I did go last year, and uh, I was actually the very first speaker that, that spoke last year. I, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It could, could go either way. Uh, this year, well, actually, do you want to talk about last year? Yeah, sure. Okay, last year was the first year for the MacStock Conference and Expo. And the way the whole thing kind of started was um, Mike Potter, who does the For Mac Eyes Only podcast, and uh, Barry Falk, who has been, like, you know, all over the place as far as, you know, Mac Pod. Everybody, pretty much everyone has had him on their podcast at one point or another. Mm-hmm. And... He kind of missed the camaraderie of the Macworld Expo, and both he and Mike were trying to figure out a way to to kind of bring that back. So uh, Barry decided that he was going to do a barbecue, and he was going to call it the Midwest Mac Barbecue, and he was going to invite all the people that he had known from uh, the Macworld Expo to his house uh, near Chicago. And then they both kind of started – collaborating on this and they decided, you know, what would be a good idea would be to kind of pigeonhole a conference around the barbecue as well. So uh, Mike did some checking. He found a great location at the McHenry Community College in Woodstock, Illinois. And within six weeks, and really that was as the total amount of time that he had to do this in six weeks, they had the conference set up. They had the barbecue set up. And they started inviting speakers, and people started to talk about it. I know we really, really pushed it hard uh, on the MyMac show, and I think Tim did as well with TechFan. And then uh, the the conference happened. And considering that it only had six weeks of preparation, there were quite a number of people there. Uh, we had – or not me, but uh, the, the conference itself had some, some good sponsors. OWC sponsored it. Uh, Other World Computing sponsored it that year as well as this year. They were the main sponsor for this year as well. And w- once it was all over, including the barbecue, they, saw, they thought, you know what? We could 
probably do this again next year. So then with a little more time this time, Mike started setting it up. And uh, when it came time to kind of figure out how things were going to work, they again had it at the McHenry Community College. Their their little, it's not so much little, but it, it, it's actually a very, very nice facility with a stage and comfortable chairs and just beautiful place. So he expanded it from one day to a day and a half. And uh, since they had a little more time, Barry was able to arrange, instead of having it at his house, they actually had it on the grounds there at the community college. So once the conference was over on Saturday, you know, they were still the other half day, you know, on Sunday, but once the conference was over that Saturday, they went ahead and continued it with the Midwest Mac barbecue. All you had to do was just walk out the door and you were right there. And they had, they had, you know, many more speakers. I think they were nine speakers last year. I, I believe there were 18 this year. So yeah, they, they pretty much doubled it. And it was, again, it was just such a great time. And, you know, kudos not only to Mike Potter and Barry Falk, but to all of the volunteers that manned the tables there and, you know, hooked people up with microphones and ran cameras. And, you know, Mike has this incredible crew that has worked the Mac Stock Conference and Expo for both years. And they really, really work hard. I, I tried to get some of them to come on to uh, the MyMac podcast because I recorded uh, pretty much two and a half podcasts while I was out there and they were too shy. They were too <laughs> shy to come to the microphone. So, you know, you every, them. <laughs> I, well, maybe, I mean, I'm just this little guy. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm so teeny and tiny and small. I can barely see you. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, they, they give my airplane seats away. <laughs> oh, well, we won't get into your, your your airplane. Yeah, yeah. My 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 travels throughout because right after the conference was over, I flew down here to Florida. I'm actually at my nephew's house in Daytona and we went surfing today. Or I'm, let me rephrase that. He surfed and I fell off a plastic board a lot because <laughs> that's pretty much what I do when I'm out on the water on a surfboard. <laughs> but Every single step of my trip so far has been an unmitigated disaster. So, wow. but I will I won't bore people with that. But the conference itself was wonderful, and uh, I'm hoping that uh, Mike Potter and Barry Falk are going to be able to keep it going, and that we can get more people out there. Because number one, it's a great location. I mean, you can get directly to Chicago usually from from anywhere. You know, it's like this major hub. So it's very, very easy to get to Chicago from anywhere in the country. And because it's a major hub, the airline fares are relatively small. But however, on on the other side of that, because they actually have it in Woodstock, which is about an hour away from Chicago, you don't have the ridiculous hotel prices. So the hotel prices are, are, are pretty reasonable, especially as compared to Chicago. The flights into Chicago are relatively reasonable as compared to, you know, flying. I mean, you know what the costs were like going to San yeah. Francisco. Yeah. You, know, you were looking at hotel rooms of, you know, $200 a night plus. And for the most part, they were pretty crappy hotel rooms. Yeah, they were. Yeah. And food is very expensive. You know, um, we actually found, you know, for people who, who may not have followed uh, my Mac or tech fan for, you know, have many years as these podcasts have been on. 
every single year at Macworld, we had like a common meeting place for breakfast, mm-hmm. which was Mel's Diner. Mel's Diner. <laughs> yeah. And it's like right around the corner from the Moscone Center. So that's where, and not just the MyMac crew, but I mean, the journalists and all kinds of people, everybody would go to Mel's Diner before the Mac World Expo would open for the day. But we found a substitute in, in um, it's not in Woodstock, it's actually in Crystal Lake. And I, I have a funny story about that too in a second. And it's called Andy's. So we, we instead of going to Mel's, we go to Andy's, and okay. you know, and they've got it's a diner kind of place, very very friendly people, good food, and very reasonably priced. Now the funny story, uh, actually I just lost my complete train of thought. Who would have figured? What was I talking about? <laughs> You're tired. I am tired. <laughs> we were you were talking about the diner and Mel's diner and, and how uh, in MacWorld it was the. Breakfast place, the meeting place. No, um, there was there was something. Uh, there was something and, else there that was funny, and now I can't think of what it was. Damn it! Oh well, oh that well. sucks. <laughs> I'm, I'll, I'm sure I'll, I'll, I'm sure I'll think of that wonderful joke that guy had. I, I, he promised that would have been really hilarious. Yeah, and, and as soon as we get <laughs> off, it'll be like, oh man, I knew, I had but, it right there, but it'll be too late. So you guys had eighteen speakers, right? And um, all of that for one forty nine. So you didn't have to pay for each session. You just no, everything sat there was at the included. Main stage and listen to all of the speeches. Everything was included, including lunch for the day, a mm-hmm. t shirt, uh, some gifts from some of the sponsors, and the Midwest Mac Barbecue. All included in one price. And not only that, but if you had gone to any of of the websites or podcasts that were kind of pushing it there was a discount code that would get you $25 off that price. Wow. So, you know, as this is coming up for 2017 and, and I'm yeah. really hoping that it's going to check your podcasts, check the Mac websites that you frequent on a regular basis. And if, if you're not sure where to go to find those chances are, if you go to MacStock expo.com or MacStock conference and expo.com, I mean, Mike, registered about a billion domains for this thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, There'll be all kinds of information there of where you can kind of look for these discount codes. Okay. So what, what you did, you were one of the speakers you said last year, you were the first one. What was your, what was your, what was your topic uh, this year? This year I was talking about uh, mobile podcasting with iOS. So essentially you know, not using a so-called real computer, he said with the little quotation marks with his fingers, uh, <laughs> just basically using an iPad Pro, an audio interface, uh, one that I I really like, It's and it's truly portable, is from IK Multimedia, and it is the iRig Pro Duo. It's got two XLR inputs. It's got, you know, you can select from uh, USB, from... Uh, a lightning connector, micro USB. They have all these different ways that you can output from this device to some other device. But the fact that you can plug in two XLR microphones, you know, and have gain control on those microphones and output to a, a, another smaller device is just a godsend. It's really such a cool device. Mm, cool. So, but, but something kind of funny happened. And I remember this story. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, Chuck Joyner opened the conference this year. And his talk was 
having to do with, you know, I live in the future, do you? And he was talking about all, you know, the kinds of magical things that people do with, with computers and iPhones and iPads and all the rest of this stuff and was comparing it to, you know, some of the stuff that we used to see like on the uh, Star Trek, the original series and stuff like that. Well, it just so happened that for my talk, I was going to do this like throwaway joke with Star Trek where I was going to come out wearing uh, a red Star Trek shirt and make a comment along the lines of, you know, take a good look at me now because 20 minutes later I'll be gone because 20 minutes <laughs> was the length of, of every that every single speaker had. And it was just a stupid throwaway joke. And, you know, of course, I'd gone out and bought a shirt for this stupid throwaway joke, but that's kind of what I do. So, but when Chuck did his talk and was talking all about Star Trek and all the rest of that. I'm so sorry. Happens. It happens. Yep. I think turned the phone off. So, um, so I had I gone out and bought this T-shirt, and then Chuck did his thing with Star Trek. He was like, "Okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get another shirt." And one of the sponsors for the conference uh, was Woodstock, Illinois, and they had these red T-shirts that said "Real Woodstock" on it. So I put on my Star Trek shirt, and then over that, I put on this this Real Woodstock shirt. So the idea was that. You know, I was going to mention Chuck and his talk in Star Trek, and then I was going to take off the real Woodstock shirt, revealing the Star Trek shirt underneath. And it would have been, oh, so funny and oh, so joyous, and everyone would have had a hearty and merry laugh. But However, they ended up laughing even harder because <laughs> when I went to take off the real Woodstock shirt, the Star Trek shirt went with it. <laughs> so, so I'm basically on stage with mm-hmm. my you know entire back – showing to everyone as I'm struggling to get off just the real Woodstock shirt with the Star Trek shirt, like all bunched up around my, my shoulders and my armpit and my neck. And Oh my God, you know, there are, there are pictures out there. Oh oh yeah. Because everybody wanted to see, you know, everybody wanted to get some of this. Yeah. Boy, who doesn't want a piece of guy Searle? Yeah, the audience didn't run out screaming. <laughs> uh, I'm surprised nobody didn't. I'm surprised no one called. Didn't call the police. Yeah. <laughs> Indecent exposure. Well, either that or or uh, cruelty to animals or something. Because I, pr- <laughs> I probably sounded like a wounded moose there on a the stage as I was struggling to take all this off. Yeah, but it so, was fun. It was still fun. You know, I mean, the the one thing that a lot of people have a problem with is laughing at themselves mm-hmm. and you know, if people just take themselves so seriously these days, it's like, look, just, you know, this is life. You're yeah. not going to, you're not going to get through it at the other end still alive. That's just yeah. the way things go. Yeah. So, you know, take the time to laugh at yourself. Take the time to treasure the occasional, or in my case, more than occasional stupid things that you do. Yeah. And, you know, don't worry about it. It just yeah. doesn't matter. Laugh with them. Don't don't let don't laugh. You know. Yeah, yeah. Because nine times out of ten, you know, well, as long as you're not seriously hurt, you know, it's still funny. <laughs> oh, <know>. thank you. <laughs> Some of the people in the audience may. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's their like, eyes were hurt. <laughs> yeah, take, oh, blind me now! I can't, I can't stand it. <laughs> I, I can never unsee that. Well, well, it sounded like it was a, it was a really fun um, event and. It was hopefully one or all three other three geeky ladies to make it next year. 
Uh, well, this year, wouldn't that, would, did not now, pan out for us. If Suze makes it, won't that be the first time that all yes. three geeky ladies will be together in the same place? Yeah, we'll know that Suze is a real person and not some kind of Like last year, uh, Das was uh, the first time you met him, right? He yeah, we, we, yeah, we had been doing the MyMac podcast since 2009. And July of 2015 was the very first time that he and I were together in the same room. Wow. Yeah. I had actually gone to the airport to pick up both him and Don McAllister from Screencast Online because uh, mm-hmm. they came in like on the same flight from the UK. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, before the conference actually began, I, I did get a chance to meet him. But this conference was, you know, the the reason why Gaz and I got together for the first time. And actually, a, a quick funny story at the barbecue last year, I did or I set up with Gaz uh, all my equipment to record a podcast from the Midwest Mac Barbecue, and of course, you know. Many, many of the other guests that were there were also podcasters. So we had people coming in and out that were talking to us. And at one point, there was Dave Hamilton from the Mac Geek Gab, Allison Sheridan from the Nocilla Cast, and Tom Schmidt, who you know writes for my Mac, were all just kind of sitting around the table. And we were getting ready to come out of out of a break. And I was and I looked at Gaz and it was like, you know what? Let's just leave. Let's just set the recorder to go. You and I will leave. These three guys will take over the mymac.com podcast. <laughs> so we actually left the house. We walked out the door and the three of them just kind of took over the show for like a whole segment. And, and those are the kinds of crazy things that can happen yeah. when, when you get a whole group of, of Mac people together, because the Mac one piece. thing that the Mac world expo had was, that sense of Mac community. It wasn't yeah. just about, you know, wandering the aisles and looking at the latest stuff from Adobe or Microsoft or case vendors or, you know, what whoever the heck had, had brought stuff to display there at the Mac World Expo. That was actually the least of the yeah. expo for me. It yeah. was it was getting together with all the people that I know, meeting new friends, you know, that yeah. sense of yeah. community. And that is the one thing that the MacStock Expo has in spades. Yeah. You can go up to any of the presenters, ask them questions, and you know, and they're not going to look at you like, "Well, uh, I have been coming to the MacStock Expo since the very beginning, so I don't know <laughs> if I can speak to a newcomer." You know, you, you're not going to get the attitude. You're just going to meet a lot of friendly people who are interested in you. And want to answer the questions that you may have either about what they do or what it is that you want to do. And that's the thing that, that the Mac Stock Expo will give to you for a really super low price. Wow. Okay. Like I said, I want to be there next year. Don't miss it. Even even if no even if neither of the other two geeky ladies can come, Vicky, I'm I'm expecting to see you there. Okay, great. And then I hope uh, a number of people that are listening to this podcast. So, yeah, thanks, Guy. Um, oh, you're welcome, Vicky. You are. You you are. I know you had a long trip and you're tired. And well, I, I had a day of surfing today, so I'm feeling much better. Okay, all right. Well, thank you. So much, much more that. relaxed. <laughs> so you can um, listen to Guy and Gas on the MyMac.com podcast. Yeah. Right. Yep. So thank you, everybody, and good night. 
So I'm here now with Mike Potter, who is the founder of the MaxDoc Expo. Mike, glad to have you on the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. So tell the listeners who are unfamiliar with MaxDoc Expo how it came to be. <laughs> MaxDoc Expo is, uh, uh, I love I love educating. I love teaching. I, you know, I have a, a um, IT company here in Woodstock, Illinois, and I work with small businesses. I work with home users. And one of my goals when I work with someone on a project is that when, when we're done, that they have a good enough understanding of the problem and the solution that I gave them that maybe if it happens again in the future, they can solve it themselves. And uh, so I, I, have a, I have a passion for educating and teaching, and, and I love the idea of getting groups of people together. And uh, <laughs> uh, funnily, funnily enough, uh, Barry, Barry Folk, the founder of the Midwest Mac Barbecue, and I actually sat down, well, I guess it's been like seven years ago now. In 2009, we sat down to talk about this idea I had for a Mac conference in the Midwest. There's really nothing around here for uh, technology geeks, let alone Apple geeks, in terms of a conference, not like there used to be years and years ago, and uh, had this idea, and we sat down at a Starbucks and, and chatted about it, and uh, nothing, nothing really came of it. But interestingly, that, that name I came up with, MacStock, and the logo, the Peace Love Mac logo, are what still exists today. Well, what happened is about a year ago, uh, do, when was it? January uh, 2015, I think it was. Uh, Macworld IDG announced that they were not going to be holding Macworld again. And Barry said, well, gosh darn it, I still want to see all my friends. So he decided to throw Barry's Midwest Mac Barbecue. And when I saw the list of folks who were coming, I said, Barry, you know, you have, you have right there in the list of folks who are coming to your barbecue an awesome lineup of potential speakers. So I said, I tell you what, you do the barbecue, I'll do this idea for MaxDoc that we had all those years ago. And that's how it came about. And it was, uh, uh, MaxDoc 2015 was a rather, uh, uh, it was a whirlwind of activity to, to get that thing together in the, in the time span that we had. It was uh, all about six, eight weeks, something like that. We threw the whole conference together and it was, <laughs> it was a phenomenal success. Everyone loved it. And uh, no sooner had it ended, but people said, when is MaxDoc 2016? So uh, that's how that kind of came about. That's the, the short nutshell history of MaxDoc. And uh, uh, last year it was, um, uh, let's see, 9 o'clock to 3 o'clock. So it was not quite a full day. And then we had the barbecue in the evening. Uh, this year we wanted to plus things a little bit. So it was a day and a half. A full day on Saturday and a half day on Sunday, and then we had the barbecue uh, Saturday night. So uh, it grew substantially over last year with time. We had the time to plan it, and so we had the time to uh, to plus the conference and the barbecue both. And you had double the speakers this year. Oh yeah! Oh gosh, we had double the speakers. We went from nine speakers to eighteen speakers, uh, and and of course that doubled the number of sessions as well. Right. So when you reached out to these people last year, like Guy Searle or Chuck Joyner, right. they, did they just embrace the idea of, of being speakers at this conference? Yes. Uh, MaxDoc would not exist if it weren't for the generosity of the folks who volunteered to speak, the folks who volunteered to help out with the conference, and the folks who decided to take a chance on us and, and try out this brand new idea for a conference 
uh, that uh, obviously nobody had ever heard of before. So, uh, yeah, it's it's to the generosity of all the folks who speak at MaxDoc that that uh, it it even existed, and almost to a T. I can't think of one person who didn't leap up and say yes, they would love to speak at it. Now, do you have any experience in this kind of, you know, putting these kind of events together? And the reason I ask is, well, not just the fact that you did this in six weeks the first time, <laughs> but I was listening to you. There's, There's been so many recap podcasts after I know, it's been the last awesome. couple of days, and I can't remember if you were talking to Guy or Chuck or I, I don't remember, but you were mentioning something about speaker agreements and things like that. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I never would have occurred to me that that's something right. that you need to do. So how did you right. know to do every step that you <clears throat> took other than the obvious things like get a hold of a venue and sign a contract with them and those little things? <laughs> it's the little things, isn't it? Yeah. Um, that's actually an excellent question. So uh, my, my, I, my degree is in English, uh, although I have a passion for technology that goes way back to the late 70s with Apple II computers and whatnot. Uh, my my actual degree, my bachelor's degree, is in in English, and when I graduated college, I decided that I wanted to do something with that degree other than what I was doing professionally, and so I decided to uh, start and publish a quarterly small press magazine for fiction and literature. So, um, I became at that point sensitive to uh, folks' uh, uh, creative works and their right to retain their own copyright on that or, you know, uh, that situation is actually a lot different now because we have CC licenses and things like that. But back then I wanted to make sure that people retained the copyright on their works and uh, I was merely using Escape Magazine as a, as a way to uh, give them uh, a means to get published for the first time or in some cases uh, the second or third time, you know, to get those writing credits. And so at that time I started uh, with uh, uh, author agreements. You know, and, and to be clear of what it is I was going to do with their work and what it is they could continue to do with their work after it were was published. And so that I, you know, I, I'm I'm kind of aware of that. I know that if someone is going to be speaking, they're putting a lot of time and effort into a presentation. And I want to ensure that they don't feel like once they've done it, they can't reuse it or they can't, uh, you know, republish it themselves. Right. So there's that. Um, but I also was looking at a number of other small conferences uh, or boutique type conferences that have the same type of community feel about them. Uh, uh, WordCamps come to mind and the TEDx conferences come to mind. Uh, TEDx is an interesting concept where TED licenses the idea of TED conferences to smaller organizations so that they can put on these TEDx conferences. So uh, I, I, you know, uh, great artist steal, right? So I, I borrowed concepts from these other uh, boutique conferences or community conferences and incorporated them uh, along with what I'd learned in the past into things like a speaker agreement. And uh, that, the, you know, it's, it's made up uh, uh, bits and pieces from uh, uh, these, these different concepts and how they approach their, their speakers. But um, yeah, that's where it came about. Oh, interesting. So you're, you're talking about this being a smaller conference. Do you think it would lose its appeal if you opened it up to more attendees or speakers, or do you think it's better to be run on a smaller scale? Because, I mean, you're not wanting to – I mean, I guess what I'm saying is do you want it to eventually get as big as Macworld was once upon a time, or do you think it would be better oh. just keeping it a little bit smaller, 
more personalized, more to the size where everybody can talk to everybody. Right. In order for MaxDoc to continue being the... Um, uh, okay, let, let's go back for just a second. Obviously, Macworld uh, uh, community is a huge part of it, and that's what people missed about Macworld. Uh, but in order to retain that sense of community, in order to retain, just like you said a, a, a moment ago, that everyone who attends can speak to everyone else who attends if they care to, in order to maintain that, we have to, uh, I feel, can, you know, limit MaxDoc to a, a certain size. Uh, I don't know yet what that size is. I'm very happy at this point, uh, now being in its second year, and we just announced the dates for uh, MaxDoc 2017. Um, I'm happy for MaxDoc to continue growing somewhat organically so that uh, I, can, I, can, I can myself uh, learn from uh, uh, mistakes made or uh, you know, things that people want to see or experience at MaxDoc and, um, and adapt that whenever I can. Okay, so speaking of growing organically. What I was wondering is, did you have any thoughts about having a Mac stock in different parts of the country, whether it's you run it and it's in Florida or it's in Texas or Maine or whatever, or sort of, quote unquote, franchising it out, so to speak, so that you know I run the one in New York State and maybe Guy Searle runs the one in Virginia. Any thoughts to something like that? <laughs> Actually, yeah, I have had those <laughs> thoughts. And, uh, I, you know, I'm not I'm not ready to discuss how that might come about. Uh, certainly what you, you mentioned, franchising, the idea of doing something uh, a la TEDx is, you know, a very valid way to go. Uh, I would feel like I'm missing out if I didn't make it to other Mac stocks if they were held in uh, Phoenix or Austin or, you know, Maine or Virginia. Um, I think if we did have Mac stocks in other parts of the country, I would like Personally, I would like to see them held in areas that are also somewhat underserved by tech conferences, uh, places where people can um, uh, gather and, and um, you know, not have another conference running just down the block. Right. Kind of like here in Woodstock. Right. Well, there's a lot of the, of the podcasts have been talking about MacStock, um, uh, you know, upcoming to the conference itself and then the post, the postmortem, so we'll call it, uh, to right. let people know, you know, what happened and what they missed. So that tells me that people are craving to fill, for something to fill the hole that Macworld left. Um, I was only, I was only able to go to Macworld twice in 2013 and 14. And I was very disappointed when I couldn't go in 2015. And I'm also very disappointed that I was unable to make MacStock, which I'm changing. I already told my husband last night, I said the dates had been announced. I'm going. And I, <laughs> awesome. I just get the look. He's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Yeah. You Apple geeks. Yeah. So if my son decides to move again, which is why I couldn't make it this time because I was helping him move from one state to another, he's on his own. <laughs> okay, cool. Cool. So do you think that like, that's it? People are craving this, this sense of community in a conference like this? I think so. Of course, that was the initial driving force behind it, behind Barry starting the barbecue, and then, of course, behind, uh, uh, you know, wrapping MaxDoc around that barbecue. That was the initial driving force. And I, it, the sense I get from folks who've been there this year is that uh, that's, despite all the wonderful talks that we had, I think the core of this conference is community, and I think that's what people really enjoy the most. And what other kind of feedback have you gotten? I have not uh, at this point 
uh, received any negative feedback, which I, it just is so incredibly gratifying to me that everyone uh, seemed to enjoy it and almost to a T asked when next year was going to be. And I had already started conversations with the conference center about when we could choose dates for next year. And uh, by the next day, by Monday, they said, well, here, here's a weekend that's open. It happened to be the exact same weekend that we had it this year. And I said, well, that's, that's perfect. Because if we can just lock in this weekend going forward, then people know when it's going to be. And, uh, and they know when to go ahead and just write it in on their calendar. Right. Like I've already done. Like you've already done. <laughs> now, have you gotten any suggestions as far as making it longer, making it three or four days instead of just the weekend, or different speakers you might want to contact, or making any of the sessions longer than 20 minutes? Yeah. You know, um, 20 minutes, I actually got a lot of incredibly positive feedback on the 20 minutes. Uh, there was some uh, talk from the speakers in various podcasts and things like that. Oh, 20 minutes, that's tight. I don't know if I can give my presentation in that time. But then when it was over, when all was said and done, they said, you know what, that really was the perfect amount of time uh, because they they don't feel like they uh, are boring anybody, especially if it's a, a more in-depth topic. Uh, and uh, they feel like they can get just enough information out to folks to whet their appetite to then go learn more. Uh, so, for example, Victor Katiao uh, presented on Preview. And it was a fantastic talk. And a lot of the stuff that he presented, I, I do myself. Uh, but there was also some, some things that he mentioned that was new to me. I learned something new. And then he tweeted out, uh, he recommended a, a great book on Preview that he said this would be a great way to follow up on his talk. And I just thought that was fantastic because that is that's really the idea behind these 20-minute sessions. Now, uh, along with that, to give some speakers the opportunity to get a little bit deeper into their topic, I started something new this year called Deeper Dives. And three of our presenters did exactly that. They did their 20-minute presentation, and then they did a deeper dive uh, that was another 20 minutes that allowed them to then take their talk to the next level. And we're going to be doing more of those next year as well. And as far as expanding the days, we're going to go to two full days for Max Doc 2017. So all day Saturday and Sunday. All day Saturday and all day Sunday. Yep. So basically, exactly. fly in Friday, fly home Monday. <laughs> yeah. More than you know, if you're flying in, like I would be. Right. Exactly. Some folks, I'm sure, will be flying out Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, at like happened this year, I'm sure some folks won't be able to make it to both days, or some folks will leave early because they have a, a flight to catch or something like that. Uh, but that happens at every conference. Right. Now, one thing I heard you talk about on a previous podcast was uh, the suggestion of doing a track. And some people didn't like that idea, but I thought it was a good idea as far as if a couple of speakers are going to be talking about, say, programming, for example. And right. you're a programmer and you're interested in that. You could kind of follow that person, you know, those speakers' tracks or if they're going to be talking about podcasting on iOS or whatever the case may be. Is that definitely off the table, or is that something still simmering in the back of your mind? Oh, nothing ever goes off the back burner <laughs> in my mind. Uh, witness Maxstock. I mean, that was on the back burner for, what, six, seven years. Right. Um, <clears throat> it's not off the table. It is something that I don't think we're going to explore for Maxstock 2017. As, as soon as I announced that concept at the first Maxstock, and that was in my closing remarks, as soon as I announced that concept, the feedback started coming in that, no, don't do that. Because if we do separate tracks, folks felt like they were going to miss something. 
And by having one, one track of a wide range of topics, people could take it all in. And that's really the feedback I've been getting is that's what they want. Okay. Now, the deeper dive is the compromise. That's, that's my compromise to the multi-track. So what we did is we ran those three deeper dives simultaneously. So we had one on uh, teaching the tech list, you know, on senior uh, tech support. Mm-hmm. We had one uh, Adam's talk on Steam. And then we had uh, Kirshen's talk on Automator. And those three ran concurrently. And that was a way to explore the concept of, oh, in fact, uh, Wally Truinsky, we had a, um, an impromptu deeper dive when he went out and set up a table in the cafeteria area and demoed all the equipment that he talked about in his uh, iPhone videography talk. So we actually had four oh, okay. deeper dives. Uh, uh, like I said, one was kind of a, an impromptu one. And folks loved it. And in fact, the one on uh, senior tech support, I think they were in there for like an hour and a half instead of the 20 minutes that they were supposed to have because people were just eating it, eating it up. So uh, by having the three or, or four, I should say, deeper dives running concurrently, we could test the concept of multi-tracks. Uh, but people really didn't feel like they missed out on anything because they got to see each of those speakers during their regular session on the topic. And then they could go and listen in on something that they wanted to hear a little bit more on. Okay. And then hopefully next year you'll have more than 18 speakers. Yeah. Well, with more time slots, we'll have more speakers. And, uh, you know, that was the other really interesting and uh, gratifying thing about this is the day, actually, the day it ended, really. And then the day after, I started receiving speaker submissions for next year. (laughs) So that was fantastic. And I'm, I'm hearing from folks who did not speak this year or in 2015. So we are going to have uh, some, some returning speakers and we're going to have some new speakers as well. And I think as long as we can keep that mix going and keep adding new people in and keep some, some favorites in there as well, um, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a really fun experience. So you don't really need to reach out to anybody. Well, yeah, and I, I will be doing some reaching out, but um, yeah, you're you're right. Uh, folks are they're volunteering to speak, which is <laughs> just fantastic. Now, can um, people who don't want to speak but want to attend, who would like to learn a particular topic, can they reach out to you and say, "Hey, I'd love to learn about how to use I don't know the Apple Watch better," for example? Yeah. And uh, Apple Watch, interestingly, so uh, Dave Ginsburg talked about the Apple Watch at MaxDoc 2015. It was still a very, very new product, and people were really interested in that topic because it was a new product, and they were interested to hear what apps for the watch he felt were useful and how he used them. This year, he talked on the iPad Pro, the the, uh, 12.9-inch iPad Pro, and how it could potentially be a replacement for your notebook Mac. And it, it was it was interesting that he has now spanned from Apple's tiniest device <laughs> to one of their largest uh, mobile devices and in his talks. And I'll, I'm, I'm curious to see where he's going to go with that next year if he speaks again. Yeah, that would be good. There's so many topics that you think of, like, I'd love to learn about this. Like we were talking before we started recording, how I would love to learn more about audio. So right. if there was someone speaking to that, even if it was just a taste to get me in the right direction of where I can find some more information about that or someone I could pick their brain and say, this is what I do. What do you recommend? So that's something that I personally would love. 
You know, all of this year's attendees are going to get a survey. Uh, as soon as I finish up the questions, it's going to go out to them. And that is actually one of the questions is, uh, you know, what did you think about this talk? What talk was least use useful to you? Which talk was most useful to you? What kinds of topics would you like to hear? Those are the kind of questions that we're going to be asking. Uh, but the other thing that we do is, uh, and I'm in the process of offloading all the video right now, we shot video of every talk. And, uh, you know, it's not, I wouldn't say it's television quality video, you know, but it's, it's, it's really good uh, because I was doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and video is not my, my forte. Although I did have an awesome volunteer, Bill Jurassi, who uh, he does video in his day job. And uh, he was just a phenomenal help with that this year. Uh, but we do shoot video of all the talks, and they are on the MaxDoc website. So, for example, in your case, the uh, you, you said you mentioned uh, – I'm sorry. You said that you use Audio Hijack Pro. Right. Well, Audio Hijack Pro is what Allison Sheridan spoke about last year. And her talk is actually on the MaxDoc website and on our YouTube channel. So uh, you can always go back and watch one of those talks. If if it's not in the, the lineup for MaxDoc 2017 – Check to see if it's something that we talked about before, like Dave's Apple Watch or mm -hmm. uh, presentation or Allison's talk on Audio Hijack. Right. This is a good way, listeners, to get a taste of what the conference is like. Go back and watch one of the videos. Right, right. And I'm going to get out the, the 2016 videos as, as quick as I can. Right. So you mentioned that the dates are set for next year. What are those dates so people can start booking their calendars? Oh, yes. Please book your calendar. So the dates for next year are July 15th and 16th. That should be the Saturday, Sunday of uh, July 2017. And uh, we've got that all, all booked up. That should be it, right? Yep, 15th and 16th? And, yep, 15th and 16th. Yep, 15th and 16th. And uh, yeah, like I said, it's going to be two full days. We're uh, still, of course, going to have the barbecue Saturday night. Uh being two full days of conference, we're going to, uh, you know, expand uh, our food options for folks who are there. We're going to have lunch on both days, obviously. And um, and then, of course, all the awesome speakers who are going to be joining us, too. So it's going to be a blast. Yep. So I'm going to put links in the show notes to the MaxDoc page, MaxDocConferenceAndExpo.com. And when you look at the page, it has the list of the 2016 speakers, a little biography about each one of them. Um all the information that you need so you can get a feel for what you're going to be looking forward to for next year. It's got the schedule, the list of the hotels, which was this year, but it just gives you an idea. And then a place yeah. that you can sign up for the newsletter so you're totally informed about what's going on. And please sign up for the newsletter. Uh, it, it's a great way to get uh, the, all the latest information about MaxDoc. Uh, and then also uh, follow me on Twitter. That's Expo on Twitter. And, uh, you know, I put little bits of information out there, too. Yep, but that's already in the show notes, your Twitter and your uh, MaxDoc Expo. So anything else that you would like to add before we wrap this up? No, uh, just thank you so very much for having me on. This has uh, actually really been uh, uh, fun. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm already thinking about what's going to happen at MaxDoc 2017. We were already talking about it uh, as early as Saturday night, halfway through this year's MaxDoc. And, uh, I, you know, I think it's just going to be it's going to be another fun year for MaxDoc 3. Oh, I, I hope. I'm doing everything in my power to go, and so will Vicky and so will Suze, so that we can just have a great time. There's so many people that I know online, but I have not met physically. The first Absolutely. time, The first time Vicky and I met was at Macworld. 
We've been podcasting for a couple of years, but we didn't physically meet. And we still haven't met Suze. And like Vicky says, once we meet her in person, we'll know she's real. So. That's right. That's right. Yeah, she's not a bot. Uh, you know, the same thing for me. And I, I said this on stage. In, in a way, this is a bit, of a, um, a bit of a selfish effort on my part. This is my way to get to meet people that I have not met in person before. And one of those folks is Gaz, one of my best friends in the world. I've known him for ten, you know, 11 years now. Mm-hmm. And last year's MaxDoc was the first time I, I got a chance to meet him in person, shake his hand. And uh, this year's Max Doc was the first time I met Adam Christensen in person. And yet I feel like I've known him, uh, uh, you know, for, for as long as I've been listening to him. Right. So it, it's an opportunity for folks to uh, not, not only meet people in person for the first time, but reconnect with people that they used to connect with at, at events like Macworld. And the people that you know online are always as wonderful in person as they are online. Uh, this past Saturday, I got to meet Kevin Alder from the Geeky oh, Show yeah. ever. Because as yeah. we were driving home, he's in Virginia. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we sort of each drove a little bit out of our way and we met for breakfast. Nice. And it was wonderful. We didn't get to spend a whole lot of time together, but it was just wonderful finally meeting him in person instead of just talking to him online or through the podcast. And it was great. Right. And I know he's going to try really hard to get there next year, too, to Max Stop. That would that would be fantastic. I would love to see him there. And uh, I, I'm doing the same thing, of course. You know, last year I went out west and, uh, you know, uh, got, got to meet one of my co-hosts, Eric Erickson, not for the first time because he used to live here in Wisconsin, but got to see him again for the first time in a couple of years because, uh, you know, he had moved out to California and it hasn't been as easy for us to get together. Uh, but uh, this year I have plans to meet with Adam and Victor both when I drive out west at the end of August and uh, without something like MaxDoc uh, or, you know, previously Macworld, I wouldn't have that opportunity. So, right. yeah, this is, it's, it's just wonderful. Right, it is. And like people have said before, when you meet, people are very approachable. It's not a, I'm a podcaster, therefore I sit on a higher plane than you. It's nothing, <laughs> it's nothing like that. Because I did meet some of these people at Macworld and everybody is just wonderful and friendly and giving, you know, so you don't, you don't need to be a speaker. Just go as an attendee. You'll have a fabulous time. And there, there are some conferences that, that do get to be like that, but MaxDoc is definitely not one of them. Everyone, uh, everyone who comes through the door is very approachable, and uh, uh, the, that speakers and attendees alike. Right. Mike, thanks so much for coming on the podcast, and I'm going to see you next July in person. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks so much. Soft kitty, warm kitty, little ball of fur. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up what, here, Mark. What, what's going on, Kevin? You're singing the song Soft Kitty. That That's only for when somebody's sick and not feeling well. Oh, but I thought it'd be a great intro into the show. I mean, after all, people listening to us, they've got to be a little bit sick, don't they? That's true. We can't deny that. Especially if they want to hug a geek every week. I know. A little bit confusing. A little bit painful. I feel sorry for them. (laughs) But you know what? 
If you haven't listened to Geekiest Show Ever, simply go across to iTunes and type in Geekiest Show Ever and you can listen to Kevin and me every single week. We're sick, we're twisted, but we have fun doing it.